Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I am James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU timeline in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Oof. The gravitas. James. Yes. I'm feeling this one. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. It's time to unload some podcast onto the grass because we're changing modes of transportation. We are. (laughs) And the thing is, is that I now think I understand what Johnny Cash meant. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because I hear the train of coming. Mm -hmm. It's coming around the bend. They're probably loading serum to make the world end. Hey, there you right. go. You did it. Yeah. Hail Hydra. All right. I, I saw the moment where you <laughs> got through the first half of the sentence and went, your eyes widened like, uh-oh, but you got there like yeah. immediately with no hesitation. So, Here's a fun you know, uh, that... glimpse into James's brain. First line, hit the rhythm. Second line, hit the rhyme. And then you'll find a good song lyric almost every time. All right, here we go. Not bad. <sighs> Thank you. you. Know, we are talking. Normally, I feel like normally you'd get a sigh. That was, hey, that was a good one. That was good. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Take the W and put it in the word we. What train is the W? The W is uh, the Wabash Cannonball. (laughs) I'm not sure what that is, but I'll I'll take your word for it. Exactly. Exactly. Training day. My man. All right. So we are covering (laughs) Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, shit. It's okay. Sorry. That was really funny. Okay, go ahead. We are covering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2. We're going to start at minute 842, and we're going to end at minute 950. That's right. It's another more than one minute episode. We're fucking cruising right along in this one. We are hopping this train and riding it all the way through to the end of 1931. Or, you know, the end of tomorrow. The end of tomorrow would be a cool name for a time travel show. All right, so... Here's what happens in this scene. Because tomorrow never comes. Exactly. And tomorrow never dies. Hmm. Hmm. Never comes and never dies. It's like an immortal monk. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Shalhoub is back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Although I haven't watched the program, so maybe it's also that month. Um, oh god all right i love this show <laughs> so here's the synopsis which picks up uh it's going to have a, a a transition word at the beginning because it is in the middle of the plot paragraph so here we go yep. elsewhere malik tries to separate himself from mackenzie and shaw but they refuse they warn mm-hmm. malik that the cops that are after him aren't the type to stop and won't rest until malik is dead quick malik malik all right I have, Doesn't sound as menacing. I have, Ma- Malik, Malik is what brings us together today. All right. So uh, here's the thing that I looked up. Okay. Freddie says that it's 500 miles to where the the drop off is. Mac and and Deke are like, oh, oh, we don't we don't have that long. That's not that's too long a time. So I wanted to know how long, in 1931, it would have taken a train to travel 500 miles. So that is the, that is the, that is the research that okay. I did. And I came, the, here's, here's the paragraph title that my answer is under. It's a good answer. It's a bad paragraph title. And I'll tell you why. The paragraph title is, how many miles did it take to travel by train in 1930? 
Okay. It doesn't make sense. What they mean is how long did it take to travel by train in 1930? And here's the answer that is a good answer to a bad uh, paragraph heading. It says, by 1930, three days brought us 2,500 miles. So in 1800, three days would have taken just us just 250 miles. Three weeks in 1857 was three days by 1930. 2,500 miles in 1930 took three days. In 1800, it would have taken the same amount of time would have gotten us a tenth as far. And then in 1857, three days would have taken three weeks. So you could, so basically it's been speeding up. Yeah. Okay. But comparing that 1930 map with Amtrak options today, despite the lack of any civil war to impede our growth since then, we're still at about the same travel times. So it takes about as long to get 500 miles now as it did then. So about as long. I mean, like, I'm sure that there's been an increase, but it would take them three days. It, t- t- it would take us one day. It take three days to go 2,500. So one day. Okay. Sorry. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. I was like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did not have that kind of time. No. So 500 miles would be one fifth of three days. So three fifths of a day. So. So here's how I'm going to do this. Three times 24 hours. Yeah. That's 72 hours. Right. So that is, uh, oops, hang on. I did this reversed order on accident. That is 34.72 miles per hour. Right. By train, Over you half, can yep. get 500 miles in about the same amount of time as it would take to drive from Maryland to New Orleans. Right. Which is double, a little more than double. Right. Um, so, just shows that trains aren't that great, Kyle. Kyle. Friend of the show, Kyle. Who had this time stamp for when we brought up Kyle in this episode? If so, good for you. No prize. No prize for you. Um, that is no hyphen prize. It's a Marvel thing. I don't know if, I don't want to seem like a dick, but it's it's a Marvel thing. Um the the problem here was that I saw twenty. I read twenty five hundred is fifteen hundred. So I was like, oh, fifteen hundred divided by three. Gotcha. That's easy. Makes sense. So makes sense. Um, hey, that was fun though. We did math on the show. We, ma- live math. Is it a live math or a dead math? It was certainly some sort of math. It was. I gotta say that was probably the most competent math I've done in in years. Excellent job. So excellent job. You know. Um. So that was. That's about how. So basically. If they're going to get on this train, it's going to take them about half a day, a little more than half a day to get to where they're going, uh, which actually we'll find out is roughly right. Like they're going to there. It's it's like nighttime now and they should get there in like early afternoon. And that is about that's about right. Here's another funny thing that I had wrong. I was like, oh, thank goodness they don't get on that train. So that's something stupid that I thought. <laughs> While I was doing this research, I found something interesting out that I that I wanted to bring as a piece of trivia. Turns okay. out a zephyr is a form of wind. A line, right? Well, it's that, but it's also a, a, a like it says train set, but and so I tried to find out what a train set definition oh. was, and all I got was toys. But I think a train set is locomotives and passenger cars. Yeah. Um. So a zephyr is like a brand. Like, it's like, here are the Zephyrs, you know, the one that goes from Chicago to San Francisco, the one that goes from Chicago oh. to Denver. So I think yeah. it's very interesting that the Zephyr is the name of the of the plane that they're Both. taking. Yeah. Yeah. And my final note before the music of 1931 is I hate the way Freddie is wearing his hat. I hate it. Yeah. He's wearing it like yeah. back on his on his head. And I tried to look up if that was the style or fashion at the time. 
and I didn't find anything. But like, it's hard to take him seriously at all when he looks like he's gonna when he looks like Harpo Marx. Frankly, like, can I can I say something about how he's wearing it? Yeah. When I watched the scene, I was like, this is definitely a choice of a guy that's like, I can make my character look aloof and cool if I just make a choice that's like a little different. Right. You know, like when people thought it would be cool to sit with your feet in the chair, in this, like the seat of the chair and then your butt on the back of the chair, mm-hmm. you know, like in yeah. like, in like Greece, like everyone sure, did like sure, that kind sure. of thing. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm so cool. Cause I'm not sitting in a chair normally. Right. Right. But like, that's exactly what that is. He's like, he's wearing his hat in a way that's like, it's there. But it's not. I mean, he's almost wearing it as if it's like a little yarmulke. He like, he he has kind of it's kind of like a like an Amish witness hat. Like it's like back on like the if crown I wore of his my head. hat like this. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a in a yarmulke sort of position. Interesting. And it's what's funny is that Mac is wearing his fedora in the precise opposite way, the polar opposite way, which yes. is too crooked, too far forward. Yes, it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> No, because you know what's funny though is that I felt like whenever I saw that, I was like, that is probably the look of like when you're like, hey, you don't mess with me. Right. Exactly. Like to me, like that's like a muscle man way to wear that hat. Yeah, for sure. To be like, I'm kind of being mysterious. I'm pulling it down a little bit. That yeah. means don't don't come at me. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like him just being like, it's barely on my head. Ooh, isn't this fun? Everyone's exactly. like, no. Yeah. Malik, you're this is why no one likes you, Malik. It was his wearing his baseball cap sideways. Like Jamie yeah. Kennedy in yeah oh my god in that role I, I want to say that was Jamie Kennedy in that role right. that I can't remember the name of um it's it's just Jamie Kennedy no <laughs> <laughs> all right um now I know you have a music of 1931 I do did you have something before that uh just that um the way that uh, Freddie Malik says the word fellas is is how I prefer to say the word fellas and when I say it it sounds just like that all right I gotcha. got I, I can't sorry about that fellas like. Yeah, I say it, I say it that way as well. I, I understand, but James, the thing is, you can't go to the music of 1931 Let because me tell Freddie you, I, is in this scene. I thought of it before we started recording, and then it just rode the train on out of my brain. I'm sorry, you, I, you, I gotta stop you. This is a uh, what? Are the, what do they call it when they have to transition the tracks like over or whatever? A switch. A switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, we gotta switch tracks here for a second. James, it's time for a little game of. Who's Freddy? James, yes. this one's a fascinating one. Here we go. This man I'm lived. Uh, oh, yeah, it, uh, it is just you. James is Freddy. That's the answer to this one. Never mind. I guess Freddy or not, here comes the question. Um, okay. This man lived quite some time ago, and yet in semi modern days, he is still sort of viewed as a proper example of a head of a household and part of the nuclear family. With a wild appetite for food that surely was unfit for modern man consumption, he most likely counterbalanced this with his extremely exercise-filled lifestyle. He lives with his loving wife, a baby daughter, and two pets. This working-class man rocks a busy lifestyle. From working a factory job to a major player in a bowling league, and is also the inventor of two separate cereals that you can still see on shelves today. James, who's Freddy? It's so funny that we were talking about the Honeymooners before um, because the Flintstones, Fred Flintstone being the head of that household, uh-huh. is based on Ralph Cramden from the Honeymooners. And Barney is based on the other guy, 
<laughs> well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know why, but that is. that approach is just is yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Barney is, and Barney's the other guy. Bar- yeah, hold on. The the other uh, Ralph Cramden's friend has has a name that I'm like that's someone else's name. What do you mean it's someone else's name? Like uh, his name is Ed Norton. Art Carney plays uh, the character that he plays on hun- the honeymooners. Name is Ed Norton. That's wild because we know Edward Norton. Yeah, exactly. Art Carney plays the Hulk in the Honeymooners, <laughs> the Hulky the, Mooners, yeah. the Hulky Moon Knights. Uh, James, that's yeah. all that I have, though. Okay, well, let's do the music of 1931 and get out of here. Um, yep. Today we're doing uh, a song by Bing Crosby. Oh my God. Yep. He's back. Oh, oh, guess who's back? Back again. Bing is back. Bing, Tell a Bing is back. Well, the real Bing Crosby, please stand up. All right. Um, Sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> well, um, all right. So the song is called Wrap Your Troubles in Dreams and Dream Your Troubles Away. Well, it's kind of nice. Uh, yeah. Um, it's that, What's that song from White Christmas? Something, Count Your, count blessings, your blessings Instead of yeah, yeah. That's what it was. And yeah, yeah. And he's like, come on, let's practice the Count Your Blessings number. And then she's like, no, you know, I don't think I want to. He's like, what? Is it a bad key? Like, like, which is so funny because he's like completely unaware that she's angry at him. So <laughs> yeah, it's so good. He's like, oh, bad key? How about uh, how about B flat? And she's like, no, no, I don't. Is it necessary that I do this song? He's like, no, what's your problem? And she's like, ah, and then she leaves. It's great. I just want to point out White Christmas definitely sets up the formula for every Hallmark Christmas movie ever. Yeah. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go watch White Christmas. It's on Netflix. You can watch it right now. Uh, I just want to say it's a story about people falling Now, I ain't going to lie to you. The boys done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. Hey, Colin. Also, happy yeah. 2222. Hey, that's cool. 2222. There you like go. that a lot. All right. So this song was written by Harry Barris with lyrics by Ted Kohler. Ted Kohler, the un the unsung hero of this uh, of this uh, segment. Of he has done a lot of uh, lyrics for songs we've talked about. Um, what is he? The blank of nineteen thirty one. Uh, the um, shellback. The uh, Max Martin sounds like like a sort of a Max Martin's a good example. You know Max Martin? He wrote. Uh, Think of any pop song from, like, the 90s on. He wrote uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. and Okay. Okay. Hit, yeah. Hit, do, can I tell you a real quick story about Hit Me Baby One More Time? Sure. So Max Martin is Swedish, and he was certain that Hit Me Baby One More Time was, Hit Me Baby was a way of saying, hit me up on my cell. So okay. he was like, hit me, baby, one more time. Like, call me again. Yeah, call me again. Except it's not at that's all. That's not yeah. what it is. So, and it's no just, one called him on it. It's just saying that they have a pain, you know, kink. And that's, you know, exactly. that's gonna, exactly. not kink shame. You know, and the thing is that he writes so many hits that uh, pop music is often like, hey, Max Martin, hit me, baby. Like, give me a hit. And he's like, I can't stand any of you. But right, sure, exactly. Here's something that I've been saying. Why, why won't you let me stick to my death metal side project? Um, is that what he has? No, no, no. Oh, well, now I kind of want to see that happen. All right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Okay, 1931. Um, he was the Max Martin. Right. It was uh, the original 1931 popular hit recording was made by Bing Crosby uh, on March 2nd, 1931. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the song has become a standard recorded by many other artists since. 
Bing oh. Crosby recorded the song four times over his career, as well as Good performing Lord. it, as well as performing its film debut in the Max Sennett short "One More Chance" from 1931. Hit me, chance, one more time. Sorry. Right, okay. one more time. Um, Max Sennett, the uh, Daft Punk of Daft Punk is a good example of a uh, of uh, the genre is in the name, but it's not the genre that you actually perform. All right. Yep. So an outtake from one of the sessions recorded on June 9th, 1939 was preserved by blooper compiler Kermit Schaefer in which Bing has his most famous blow up when he continues singing ad lib and occasionally risque words perfectly in tune. And here's what he sings. This is, I, I'm not going to sing it. I don't really know the tune, but you'll, you'll know the part when he starts ad libbing. <laughs> Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody. We'll play it back. See what it sounds like. Hey, hey. The cut out eight bars. The dirty bastards. I didn't know which eight bars he was going to cut. Why didn't somebody tell me these things around here? Or oh, sorry. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nut. <laughs> so. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so other people that recorded this song in 1931, Louis Armstrong recorded it on November 4th for OK Records, and Mildred Bailey recorded it on September 15th for Brunswick Records. And that is Music of 1931, Bing Crosby, and Wrap Your Troubles in Dreams, and Dream Your Troubles Away, parentheses, outtake number one. Um, wow. Not that, actually. I th- Although I was listening to the thing on Spotify... I'm not positive that that's not the outtake version. I would need to listen to it again, but I could have sworn I'm going off my nut is is in that song. So it might be an actual lyric. Though. So it could be an actual lyric, but because that meant something different. Right, of you course, know, than yeah, I'm going crazy. Today. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. So, Colin, you want to take us to some socials? I do, in fact, want to do that. Um, let's see. Let's go with. If you'd like to find the show, you can find us on Twitter at TimelineScav. If you'd like to find the network that we're a part of, Scavengers Network, you can find them at ScavengersNet. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. Now, James, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter at UnabashedJames. Incredible. And if you want to find Nick Bramald, the guy who wrote the music at the beginning and the end of this show, you can find him at N Bramald, N B R A M A L D, or Nick Bramald Composer.co.uk. I'd like to recommend a little ditty for you. Uh, get, get off your nut with. Uh, <laughs> we, we mentioned not that long ago the, the Newsies get out for, for Deke. Uh, Shaw Mm -hmm. in this episode. Well, speaking of newsies, you can listen to a little classic show uh, from the James and Aaron Minute movies uh, called Newsies Minute. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, done in its entirety. It's fully done. So you can go binge it now or, you know, still listen on your own time whenever you want. Uh, But it's a fun little minute by minute approach of the classic Disney film Newsies. Yep. And that's that. That's that's the news for you. We don't uh, we don't make the headlines. We just sell the podcasts. Exactly. Anyway, I think that's what Christian Bale said. Um, so anyway, that's I'm, I'm giving you that suggestion. Go find it on scavengersnetwork.com. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to go head out from this episode, and we'll come back to you with a new episode very soon. Choo-choo. So, oh, that's the train. Got to go. See ya. Jumping on the train, as always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm Excelsior!
Do you wish your life was a little more spooky? Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Tall tales. If you ever want to find out if a psychic is real or not, commit a crime (laughs) and then go to them and ask about the crime. Cryptid technology. That's why we can't find Bigfoot, because they don't have trackers. They don't have these apps that are like, here I am, going to the ice cream store later. Scary stories. (laughs) You know what you're going to do? What? Crap your pants. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Numbers in general. I just hear or see numbers and my brain shuts off. You can find brand new episodes of Spooky Spouses every week, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me, part of the Scavengers Network. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.